When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, this is interesting. A young man by the name of Mark Letestu has a goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. The Blue Jackets storming out of the gate. 4-1 lead over the Washington Capitals after the first period with Testu's ninth of the season, breaking that 25-game goalless drought he had at the end of his Edmonton Oilers tenure. Flyers and Canadians scoreless late in the first, also late in the first. Maple Leafs up 2-1 on the Lightning. Tampa Bay making a big deal today, getting Ryan McDonough and JT Miller from the New York Rangers. Uh, I had a conversation earlier today with Matt Salmon from the Lightning Radio Network. We obviously taped that since he's working the game tonight, so he'll break down that deal for us. Still the comp, Canucks at the Avalanche, Golden Knights at the Kings. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It's 6.07. Trade deadline has passed. We will get your feedback as we move along tonight. You can text 630-630. We'll do open line time at 780-496-0063. But the Oilers making one deal, as expected, Patrick Maroon, trade it. He goes to the New Jersey Devils for a third-round draft pick in 2019 and a prospect, I would say probably a long-shot prospect to make the NHL, J.D. Dudek, who's currently playing at Boston College, former sixth-round draft pick of the Devils. Before we get to Peter Shirelli and before we get to what you think of today, here is Patrick Maroon speaking to the media in San Jose about the trade. It's been a tough situation for me the last uh, three weeks. Um, obviously, as a player, and I'll probably speak for the team, it's not a situation we wanted to be at this time of year. Um, I would like to be, we obviously would have liked to be in a better situation, but... As the business holds, um, you know, uh, it's how it, how it goes. I got traded, obviously, but the thing is, most importantly, is Edmonton gave me an opportunity to succeed. Uh, this organization's top-notch. I can't speak nothing but how highly this organization is. And the past two and a half years of what they've done for me, my fiance, my son, uh, it's been one heck of a ride. I got the opportunity to, you know, play in the playoffs with this team that's been struggling the last few years, and we got the chance to ride that out. Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but this has probably been the best time in my hockey career. I just playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Circle back in the summer then on your free agent. Circle back to the Oilers. Oh yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, 
I, you know, I talked to Peter for a while, and uh, he knows I love it here. He knows I, I like it. Todd knows I like it. All the players know I like it. Um, I have a really good and close relationship with a lot of these players on this team, and it's kind of sad I'm going because when you see a situation we were in last year to this year, it's kind of disappointing, but... Um, you know, I, at July 1, I want to circle back here and and see if I can be an Edmonton Oiler again. This is a team that gave me every opportunity. This kind of, I would say, took, marked my career, took my career off. You know, I got the chance to play with the best player in the world and succeed at it. So um, what's not to like about it? You know, what's not what to like about when a GM takes a chance on you and challenges you to get in shape and get be a better hockey player be a better person off the ice and the coach says the same thing and so like i said that's nothing but good things to say about the organization and what peter and todd done for me and i can't thank everyone enough and especially the teammates welcome me right away you know it's i feel like i was best friends with everyone when i first walked into that locker room when I, the first day i got traded so you know, like I said, it's it's been one heck of a ride, but I'm very excited to join the New Jersey Devils and uh, have another chance to go on a nice little playoff run. So, you know, I got I know some familiar faces over there, so I'm excited to rejoin them. And new chapter, you know, I've got some family. My mom's from there, so it's bring me back to my roots again. So it's it's kind of nice to go back there and start fresh again, and and hopefully we can. Uh, do some damage here moving forward in the next month. As, as the clock winds down and you're not, you still haven't been traded or anything, and okay, <laughs> you know, it was the same thing as, as two years ago where, you know, it's right down to the bitter end. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I guess, two years ago, the same year, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting there with Connor Cass and, and Talbot just sitting there, and JJ was there, and just go try to eat lunch, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I've been stressed out these last three weeks. I need to go take a nap. I'm not even hungry. So I walked away, and then JJ goes, hang tight. (laughs) So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's how it is. You know, obviously we all know it's last-minute trades when trades go in, and you see things like that. So, um, like I said, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, kind of relax myself now. I can take a deep breath and, and uh, now go focus on something that New Jersey's got going on. They got something special. I guess you know they were kind of in the same situation as Edmonton last year. That but they're in a different the roles reversed. So they're a team that got a bunch of young players, a lot of skill up front. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited to enjoy that excitement that's going on in that locker room right now. Yeah, you get a chance to reunite yourself as you talk with some old friends. You've got Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri. Have you had a chance to even talk to either one of those guys? Yeah, they reached out. Uh, they all reached out. You know, I played with Ben Lovejoy. He reached out to me. Sammy Vatnin reached out to me. Palmieri did, and so did Halsey. So I'm really excited. You know what? A lot of familiar faces over there. You know, I had John Hines and Ray Shero at the uh, World Championships. So it's, it's it's good that I'm going somewhere where I know a lot of people. Uh, I already have close relationships with them, and you know I got two people that know who I am, what kind of player I am, that come from up top and the coach. So they know what they're getting, and obviously I talk to them, and they're very, very excited. I'm very excited to uh, show them what I can do. 
given uh, just some thought last year, you had a chance to, to win a Stanley Cup and just maybe not so much reinvigorating, but having something to, to chase these last six weeks and then hopefully, you know, much longer than that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, last year we had a heck of a run, Gene, and this year, you know, you, you kind of, you're at this time of year and it's, it's tough because you're in a situation where you're playing on a team that where we shouldn't be. You know, I, would, I don't think this team, uh, should be where they're at in the standings, but you know we had a slow start and, and it's tough to climb back and climb back and climb back. So, but like you said, I'm excited to join a team these next six weeks and hopefully keep climbing in the standings and hopefully make a good playoff run with this team. You know they have, like I said before, they have a really good team over there. Um, seems like everything's working, they're gelling. So excited to join the locker room and. Uh, work hard for the next six weeks and hopefully good things start to happen when you see yourself in the lineup you got a sense of when you know when you'll be there soon uh i don't know uh, obviously i have to go there and just i've been out of the lineup the last few days so uh got to try to find ways to keep getting healthy keep, uh getting everything back to where i need to be um i don't want to go there and just go out and play so i gotta find ways to you know just continue i'm on the right path right now i feel really good right now so um that determines on them when they want to put me in the lineup and and that so like i said before though guys i think back to going to edmonton i i really want to say just thank you to the fans thank you to peter todd my teammates um for giving me an exciting two years of my hockey career i think it's been one of the best times in my career in the nhl this has probably been the funnest times i ever played the game and they only they welcomed my son my fiance with uh, open arms uh they've been really good to us um the city was really good to me and my family so like i said i just want to thank them but i'm excited to join a new jersey team that has a lot of excitement built around a lot of young talent and um, hopefully we can go on a run that is Patrick Maroon, the big rig. Two years as an Edmonton Oiler, acquired at the deadline in 2016. Huge season last year, wound up with 27 goals uh, on pace to get 20 this season, or right around 20, but uh, like most of the team, pretty up and down season. Long slumps like a lot of players have had. Well, I guess not as long as some guys, but uh, Maroon not uh, making an impact in every game, certainly not as much as he did last year, but as you heard in that, saying that he he likes Edmonton a lot. July 1st, who knows if he uh, is going to look back uh, at Edmonton as a possible destination once he's an unrestricted free agent. You can text 630-630. Ted says, lots of love for Patty Maroon. Hate to see him go, but I do remember Smitty saying similar things about coming back, and he never did until it was pretty much too late. Oil 10 says, Reed, Maroon is worth a third-round pick. Is Dudek considered a prospect or a fill-in at the AHL level? Does anyone know him? Sixth-round picks, 152nd overall, have little chance to play in the NHL. Well, a couple things in there, Oil 10. First of all, uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk to somebody who covers Boston College hockey, who can tell you about watching Dudek firsthand, and uh, also about a couple of other Oilers prospects on that team, Graham McPhee and and uh, Apelli Rassinen. As for Dudek, well, I think he's a long shot, but I asked Peter Shirelli about him earlier today. He's got work to do, um, he, but he does have some NHL assets. He's got speed. He's got compete. Um, as I said in the, in the presser, we see a lot of them because we've got Rassinen and McPhee at BC, so we see quite a bit of them. Um, 
you know, he's uh, he's 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 in his third year. He'll 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 finish his fourth year, and then we'll see what we do with him. But we we've seen enough of him to believe that there's value there, and he's, he's got a pretty good pedigree. Um, and uh, you know, he's he's a good prospect. Okay, but Shirelli also saying he has a lot of work to do. We'll let him finish this year, play next year, and then see what we do with him. So I think we got to be realistic here that Dudek, it would be a long shot to one day play in the NHL. The other guy the Oilers got before the deadline yesterday, Pontus Aberg from the Nashville Predators for Mark Letestu, should play tomorrow. So it's interesting, Maroon, uh, more of an offensive player than Letestu, both going to be unrestricted free agents. The Oilers... I mean, really, I, I know they got the third rounder and Dudek for Maroon, but in terms of getting a guy who might be able to play in the NHL here right away, well, he, I'm sure he will play the rest of the season, and who adds some speed to the forward core, they actually get that for their fourth-line center as opposed to the guy who scored 27 goals last season, which uh, which I find uh, very interesting. We'll uh, go through a lot of the Shirelli's comments here. Plenty of time for your calls today. I know we uh, had a pretty... Uh, on the fly trade deadline show earlier today, so we didn't have a lot of time for open line. 780-496-0063. How do you feel about what the Oilers got at the deadline? What are your goals for them for the rest of the season? Uh, are you encouraged by the last five games overall, or do you think it's just a team playing uh, well once the pressure is off? 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Inside Sports on Chad. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. And uh, by the way, if you saw that Mike Riley was traded today, don't worry. It was Mike Riley from the Minnesota Wild going to Montreal. Big trade by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Matt Salmon from the Lightning Radio Network will join us a bit later on to break that down. The Winnipeg Jets getting Paul Stastny from St. Louis. That one stands out. You can get the full trade tracker on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. All your Oilers trade updates brought to you by Niskew Ford. Every model on sale every day. Niskew Ford above expectations. Okay. Some text here to 630-630, and we do have open line time, 780-496-0063. Yakushev, one of the most entertaining texters out there, writes in, So, Reed, I'm interested in how a deal like Maroon's gets done. Does New Jersey phone Shirelli and say, We will give you a third-round pick? And then Shirelli says, No, that's not enough. And then New Jersey says, Okay, we will add a player who will never play in the NHL. And then Shirelli says, You have a deal. That is from Yakushev. Yakushev, they're not phoning each other. It's text message. Just to be clear, okay? Uh, well, here's a nice uh, text. Don't get a lot of these uh, directed towards Peter Shirelli. Uh, this texter simply says... Uh, I think Peter is a smart leader who will fix this team and build stability in the franchise long term. Well, I hope so. Levi says, what's your opinion on if there is a chance they sign Maroon or Latestu at free agency? Both guys obviously liked it here, Levi. Both guys helped the team immensely last season and were having down years this year. I would say there's a 0% chance both are back next year. Uh, I, I would assume they would both talk to the Oilers. It's going to depend where the Oilers finish in the season, how they do in the draft lottery, where they draft. Uh, Peter Shirelli has set a priority, 
is uh, getting speed and getting youth. Neither guy provides that. Uh, I would say it's, I don't know, it's well under 50% for, for each guy that they come back, Levi. But you can let me know what you think. Uh, Rod says, if it was up to me, I would have shot Milan Lucic. I just can't get over his continual one-handed stick attendance. Rod, I don't know if you're trolling me, but for the one millionth time, Milan Lucic has a no-move clause and was not going to be shopped or traded. Sorry, buddy. Tina says, was trading Maroon more of a cap room trade, seeing as we didn't receive anyone in return that will help our team now or the immediate future? I guess I'm confused on this. Well, Tina, I mean, the thing with Patrick Maroon is you got to remember, he's an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. That means he doesn't have a contract. And if the Oilers had not traded him, he could have signed with any team he wanted on July 1st, or at least explored that which means potential, potentially the Oilers could have lost him for nothing. Now, they, that may still be the case if this third-round pick and J.D. Dudek don't wind up uh, playing in the NHL, but I think we saw from the trades today there were other forwards, whether you want to talk about Evander Kane or Stastny or some of the guys that got moved who were more coveted than Maroon. Uh, Peter Shirelli said there wasn't a lot of market out there for Maroon. Ray Shiro, the Devils general manager, says the price for Maroon fell right before the deadline. So I think Shirelli said, okay, I, I got to trade this guy so we uh, we don't lose him in the summer potentially. So I think, Tina, that's often why unrestricted free agents don't get traded for players who are coming and help the team right away. You can text 636-3780-496-0063. More comments from Peter Shirelli as we move along here. Happy to hear from you as well. I'll update the NHL scoreboard. If you missed it off the top, Mark Letestu has a goal in his first game back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Coming up to the 630 News, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Toronto up 2-1 on Tampa Bay after the first period. James Van Riemsdyk, his 26th. Mitch Marner, his 17th. Flyers and Habs scoreless after one. Blue Jackets still leading the Capitals 4-1. Now late in the second period, Mark Letestu back with the Blue Jackets. He scores Columbus's third goal in that game. Coming up later, Vancouver at Colorado. Golden Knights will be at Los Angeles. The Kings will try to rebound from their frenzied loss to the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday. I mean, what a couple of crazy games for the Oilers. I mean, they blew it in both games. Didn't play with any composure in the last 25 seconds of either game. Blew a two-goal lead in Anaheim, won on a shootout. Almost blew a two-goal lead in Los Angeles on Saturday. Survived, at last survived a review for goalie interference and saw the Los Angeles goal get taken off the board. The one thing... I've heard from a lot of people, as much as the debate about goalie interference and video review, is so many people saying, why did they have to make two announcements on the review? Couldn't they just looked at it and said, okay, the, it was over the line, but we also think that there might be 
goalie interference and just come out and announce that once instead of announcing a goal and then saying, oh, wait a minute, now we have to review something else. Could have they just all done that all in one prog- uh, process and then had one announcement where the referee could have said, look, the puck was over the line, but it was because of goalie interference. The uh, puck crossing the line stops the clock, so now we got to play the last nine point whatever seconds it was, as opposed to telling the L.A. fans, hey, your team tied the game, but maybe not, because now we're going to review it for goalie interference. I think they need some work with that uh, process. I don't mind that the NHL has tried some video review with offside with goalie interference, but I also think it's uh, there's a time to admit to say, hey, maybe it's not working or we need to tweak it again. It's okay for leagues to change. All right, uh, you can text 630-630. This texture says, uh, unnamed, Remember, just, just sign your name if you can, or, or a handle you want to go by. It's more likely that I'll read it. Uh, but this texture says, uh, Reed, how can Shirelli say there was no market for Maroon? Seven teams were reported to seek interest out of the 16 playoff teams. He bid the buyer so high, everyone else, everyone went elsewhere, and he was left holding the last chair in the shuffle. He called up his buddy Ray and said, help me out. I have no faith in Shirelli. This was the last straw for me. I wish we still had McTavish. That's how little faith I have in him. I just don't think he's creative or skilled enough to orchestrate a deal in his favor. Well, let's. Here is uh, here's Shirelli commenting today about wanting a prospect in return for Maroon, and then he gets a little bit into the market. And hey, I don't mind if you want to criticize the guy. I just don't think he exactly said there was no market for Maroon. Here's that clip. Um, I was trying to all the whole time to get a prospect. So um, um, we did get a prospect. He, he, uh, JD is a he's a good college player. He's a junior. Uh, he's got speed. Uh, he plays with some intensity. Um, we have two other prospects in BC, so we've seen him quite a bit. Um, would have liked a prospect that was closer to playing, but I'm happy with where it was. It was uh, what I can tell you is it was a tough market. Like the, the, the it was. I don't really know why. Maybe I, what I said earlier about the about the significance on the, the the futures types of prospects, whether they're picks or prospects, but it was tough. And and maybe part of it was um, our players just in general weren't as good as they were before. And I think that's that's in part perception, in part reality. So, um, but um, at the end of the day. Uh, it took to the very last second to get this one done, so uh, happy I was able to get it done. All right, so Peter Shirelli saying it was a tough market for Patrick Maroon rather than saying there was no market. Here, Here's the thing, I, I, and first of all, I will say I would have loved to have seen in these two trades the Oilers getting two players who are really close to play in the NHL or who at least we can play the rest of the season and f- maybe find out who they are like Pontus Abrick who came over from Mark Letestu I was expecting and certainly hoping the Oilers would get somebody like that for Patrick Maroon so it didn't pan out so I guess we have to ask ourselves why it didn't pan out uh, if you don't like Peter Shirelli and you're just going to say it's because Shirelli is incompetent you totally have the right to do that I don't mind you can, you can text that. You can call and tell me that. That's fine. You can also look and say, okay, was is Patrick Maroon as, as valuable a player, as good a player as uh, Evander Kane or Rick Nash 
or Paul Stastny or some of the other forwards th- that got moved. Now, that's going to be up to your personal opinion. I, I will ask you this, and, and I preface this again by reminding you, yeah, mildly disappointing the trade for Maroon. Can't argue that. And I, and I think Dudek, as Shirelli even really admitted in not so many words, that Dudek's a long shot to play in the NHL. I guess you have to ask yourself like this. If you're not a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, if you haven't been invested in and often disappointed by this team for the last 12 years, and, well, really, you can go back longer than that, but we'll go back to the start of the decade of darkness. If that's not your 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 fan experience, if you're a fan of another team or a neutral observer of the NHL, if you're acquiring Patrick Maroon, what are you willing to give up? That, that's That's my question to you. Would you give up a first-round draft pick? Would you give up a blue-chip prospect? Given what you have seen from him throughout his career and what you've seen from him this year, he did get 27 goals. He did do most of it with Connor McDavid. His production without McDavid hasn't been as high. I, I would think if, if, uh, if you were the Oilers and you acquired a player like Maroon, who is a UFA, for a first-round pick and, say, Kyler Yamamoto or Ethan Bear or Caleb Jones or Stuart Skinner, you might be saying, wait a minute, we gave up that much for a guy who might not be here next year. So maybe the median of what you would have been happy with is somewhere in between. But I, I just ask you to put yourself in the shoes of, a, of another team, maybe cheering for another team, acquiring Maroon for the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe your opinion changes. That's all I'm saying. Uh... Mike says, sorry, don't buy this general manager anymore. He sounds like another Tambellini. He is wasting everybody's time. Uh, AJ says, does Shirelli realize there are other teams besides the Islanders and the Devils he can trade with or what? Jeez, that is from AJ. Well, I hope so, AJ. He did trade with Nashville. Uh, has trade with the Montreal Canadiens, Anaheim Ducks. I heard somebody said that to me earlier today as well. Fair comment, especially, uh, especially given... Uh, What happened earlier today? Uh, Wally says, last two games, well done by the Oilers. little more grit at the end of the 60 minutes, but otherwise a huge difference. Those players with a half-blanked effort can and do become an infectious disease. That is uh, from Wally. Thanks a lot for uh, texting Wally. 780-496-0063. We have Randy on the line. Hey, Randy. Hello, Reed. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, my comment about the, the Maroon trade, if it had been the 27-goal season, we'd have got a lot more for him. Oh, absolutely. Well, Peter um, said that, right? He said the, yep. the players are now perceived as not being as good because they're having yep. a bad year. And I, and I totally agree. But uh, I don't think we would have gotten much for a lot of the players that we have on the team this year. Well, probably, probably not. I mean, even I mean, let's use Clefbaum as an example, who very well may bounce back next year, right? If you if you go to a GM and say, "I want to trade you a twelve goal scorer, thirty whatever point Oscar Clefbaum," uh, GMs are going to say, uh, "You're actually trading me three goal, fifteen point Oscar Clefbaum," right? That's how negotiations yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, if if they had tried to trade Clefbaum at the draft this past year, we'd have got a boatload for him. This year, 
we're not going to get a dinghy. That's well, about the best to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, Randy, we've been through this before. I, I think when, uh, and this is just the process of being a fan, so I'm not saying anybody's wrong for doing this. You, you tend to sometimes get frustrated when a player plays for your favorite team and you only see his weaknesses, and then when he's gone, you, you, you talk about his strengths, right? I mean, Benoit Pouliot wasn't very popular with the fan base this year. I've never heard more, but now this year I haven't. I've never heard more compliments of Benoit Pouliot's game since he's been gone, and the Oilers are struggling without him. But again, do I wish they could have got more for Maroon? Absolutely. Did I think they might be able to? Absolutely. But did I think they were going to get a first rounder and a high prospect from another team? That no. would probably be pushing it. No. Okay, my friend. You have yourself a good night. Okay, Randy. Thanks a lot for calling in. 780-496-0063. I'll get to Kyle in a second. RJ says, hey, Reed, do you like the idea of trying for UFA James Neal in the offseason? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I also think Vegas might say, uh, which casino bank would you like access to to stay here? <laughs> It'll be like Ocean's Eleven, except they'll let him in. He won't have to rob it. Will, I mean, Neil's having an incredible season. Vegas is an incredible story. I've always liked Neil. He's always been able to score wherever he is. Uh, if he does go to free agency, I think he's going to have a lot of suitors. So that, that'll be an interesting one for sure. All right. Kyle online, too. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. I uh, just wanted to comment on the trade deadline with the Oilers today. Sure. Uh, first of all, I think what Chiarelli was able to do with Latestu and getting Auber got a Nashville. I think that's a like that's a hand down a wicked bet for him to take. However, today with, today with Maroon, it kind of seems like he sold himself short. Like I mean, when you see some of the guys out there and what they're getting traded for. Uh, I mean, I, he's no Hartman. He's not 23 years old. The guy's going to be 30 years old here in the next six months or whatever it is. But if it's you, do you not look at taking a second-round pick in this year's draft over a third-round pick in next year's draft and some guy that's never going to play in the NHL or what? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, what Shirelli said to me, because we did a little one-on-one after, and then this is just what he said. He he thinks the third round in 2019, and he got one for Davidson too, will be tradable because he says the 19 draft is supposed to be better than the 18 draft. So that's his answer. I mean, I I don't know how hard he was pushing. I mean, Shiro said that the price dropped for Maroon, so it seemed like Shirelli was pretty convinced to to trade him to try to get something. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're kind of landing in that in-between zone, right? That fans, that might have been more realistic and maybe fans would have been happier with. I well, it, it, Here's the thing. That? How would have you felt if Patrick Maroon was untraded and unsigned for next year right now? I mean, realistically, you're entering a area of unknown with all with both scenarios, right? Yeah, yeah for I mean, sure. With keeping him past the trade deadline and then trying to sign him before July 1st, you have that option. You're going to have that contract control, right? And, I mean, you're going to have a guy playing probably more frequently with Connor McDavid over the next six weeks. So at least you have something where you're going to be able to work on, whereas now you have a sixth-round pick in J.D. Dudek, and granted, I know nothing about the kid, but a third-round pick in a 2019 draft. I mean, Shirelli wanted players that are going to be able to help this team next year, not two, three years down the road. 
So, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a tradable asset, but mm-hmm. what are you looking at for a third-round pick in 2019? Like, I, th- gonna... I think he'll probably try to bundle some picks and, and trade it for a younger Auberg-type player or maybe some other prospect who has some speed and can step in. I mean, I think that's his plan, and I'm not going to fault you if you don't think it's going to work, Kyle, because... I mean, like you said, we're playing with a lot of what-ifs, but I, it seems to me that's the path he's trying to take it down here. I wouldn't be well, surprised if he trades these picks for a younger guy who can step in on, on the Oilers' third or fourth line and check and skate and kill penalties. Fair enough, but at the same time, when was the last time two third-round picks and a second were bundled for a prospect of any Well, merit, you're right? right, and that's the thing. We don't know what else he would put in with that. Right, but no, that's a fair comment. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with you because that's a definite possibility. Is that the return? Well, I mean, again, you also said you liked Aberg. It's also possible Aberg goes nowhere. Right? I mean, a year from yeah. now, none of these could be anything. But I do agree with your overall sentiment that I think the maroon return is more is has more potential to turn out to be nothing. Exactly. Yeah. But. Like I said, I we still kind of have to see if if and when he does bundle it and, and what possibly they could get. But you know, fair comment, Kyle. I mean, you know, we're wading into you're wading into the unknown with these pig. But I don't think Dudek's going to play in the NHL. No, me neither. I think he's Not an extreme long shot. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for your time, Reed. Yeah, good stuff, Kyle. Owen's up next on the open line. We got to take a quick timeout. Six forty-eight. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, we'll get back to the phone lines in a minute here. Some text to 630-630. Cameron writing in. He says, I'm just wondering if Maroon will play on Taylor Hall's line in New Jersey. Well, I would say I doubt it since uh, they both play on the left side. So I don't think that's the plan. Um, Iron says, not knocking Shirelli for the rest of the trades, but Big Rig brought in less than our fourth-line center who hadn't scored in 24 games. This is another failure in a long line of failures by management. And another text, I don't think these two people knew what they were writing, but the other text is kind of a rebuttal to that, who says, uh, disappointing about the return on Maroon, yes, but the league has spoken about the value of Maroon. His value is a third-round pick at best. I think... Uh, the Edmonton fan base, Maroon's agent, and Maroon himself may have overestimated his value. Maroon did not play very well this year and was extremely inconsistent. If Maroon had really wanted a new big contract, he would have played better. As it stands, Maroon is worth a third rounder. Okay, so, I and look, I, I hope I never tell you guys how to think. There are no wrong opinions. You're not entitled to your own facts, but you are entitled to your own opinions. So here's the thing. I guess either you believe that, that Shirelli failed on the maroon thing, or as I, or, or as or as those two textures pointed out, did somehow Mark Letestu's skill set, even though he doesn't score as much, did did that have a, a greater value in the NHL than maroon? Which, which to me is really interesting. Because I would have thought you'd get a, 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 an Aberg-type player for Maroon and a Flyer-type deal for Latestu, you know, where you don't really know what you're getting. Instead, it turned out the other way around. So did, did Peter Shirelli mix that up? Or is that how those players are actually perceived in terms of how they could potentially help a team on, on a short-term drive to get in the playoffs and then maybe go after the Stanley Cup? 
Because if that's the case, that's really interesting how general managers perceive players. Owen is on the line. Hey, Owen. Reed, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Excellent. Hey, just want to let you know I'm good with whatever Shirelli did today. It's in the weekend. It's good. I just want to let you know that, you know what, I'm not a mathematician. Okay. But I still believe. And I did the math today, and we can still do this, buddy. Got to go undefeated, Got Owen. Got to go undefeated. I know. And we can do it, buddy. That's what I love. I still believe. You got to believe, buddy. Well, somebody texted in, are they mathematically eliminated? They probably won't be mathematically eliminated till the third week of March, right? Like, absolutely mathematically eliminated. But if they keep winning, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll drag it out. It's a long shot, though, Owen. Talbot's going to have to be uh, pretty much unbeatable for the next month. And you know, and you know what we got to do? We got to stand behind our team and believe. Let's let's for once let's believe. We've been down on this team all year. Let's just try it. Let's try it. Right on. Appreciate it, Owen. Thanks, Reed. Ed on line two. Go ahead, Ed. Ed, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Sorry go ahead. That. Go ahead. No, I was just uh, t- listening to this, and everybody's talking about how we need speed, speed, speed. Whatever happened to the talent pool? The guys with natural talent and scoring ability. Where's all that? You mean it like uh, the Oilers are in the league? On the Oilers itself, like everybody's talking speed. Yeah, we got speed, but Drysaddle, he's not speed, but he's got talent. He looks, he knows what's going on. What 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 happened to that talent pool that we're looking for? Everything I hear is about speed, speed, speed. Where's that talent pool? Natural scores. Well, I think I, I think Ed, there's a bit of a uh, an assumption that speedy players who can still finish a little bit is what teams are after. You're right, speed isn't everything. I mean, Camilleri can still get points because he can see the ice and he understands where the holes are, right? Um, yeah, exactly. But it's like when you talk about size, you still want size who can put the puck in the net. And that's the issue with Lucic. I mean, he still tries to hit people, but the, the puck's not going in when it's on its stick. Sometimes it's not even getting out of the zone. Uh, yeah, I think, exactly. I, I, look, they got Auberg. He's fast. He, he scored quite well in the American Hockey League. If that transfers somewhat to the NHL, it's going to be t- turn out to be a good deal. If he, a year from now he's played 60 games for the Oilers and had two goals, then you're right. You're going to call in again and say, well, great, this guy can skate. He never finishes. Fair comment, yeah, exactly. but I think there's an assumption you're looking for speed with at least a somewhat a skill. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, no problem, Mitt. We got uh, Damo and Beverly on the line. I'm going to have to get you after the 7 o'clock news. I don't want to cut you short. Um... Goodfella says, uh, you guys are using the wrong terminology. Maroon was worth a third rounder for two months of service. Uh, Rob says, Reed, what did we originally give up to get Maroon? How comparable, if at all, was it uh, to what we got today after down years? Well, they gave up Martin Gurnat, who's never played in the NHL, and a fifth-round pick. I'm not sure who that player was, actually. Gord says, Reed with Latestu, you knew what you were going to get every night. Maroon wasn't consistent enough. That's why Latestu brought in more. Paul says, middle of March. Seriously, all the teams playing each other ahead of them will both lose. Do the math. The Oilers will need over 95 points. Yes, they will. But I'm saying to absolutely be mathematically eliminated, that usually takes longer than uh, than realistic elimination, so we say. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.